Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are ready for a fantastic Friday. March Madness is officially here, and we are going to soon be diving into the full-on madness. In fact, there's a lot of great games going on this weekend. I'll talk a little bit about some of the college basketball contests that are coming your way. Uh, I'm going to talk about Bud Light, the cost of the trans Chicks with Dicks ads, uh, over a billion dollars. Blaze Media, uh, Steve Baker, a reporter there, has been arrested. I think it's a significant story. I think it's one that everybody should be covering. Spoiler alert, most aren't. Um, University of Florida has fired all DEI staff effective immediately. Boy, that's amazing to see. Well done there. Uh, Joe Biden can barely walk on his visit to the border. CDC has ended COVID guidance that you need to quarantine yourself for five days. I don't know that anybody was still doing that, uh, but they've effectively ended it. And the NFL combine is underway. I always love combine season. Uh, And Jaden Daniels versus Caleb Williams. Armando Salguero at OutKick has an interesting story talking about how maybe the Bear decision as to what to do with the overall number one pick that they are going to take Caleb Williams and there's no doubt about it. Maybe that is not actually a foregone conclusion. We'll talk about all that, but I want to start uh, with what I think is super significant and very, very important. And I can't believe I'm saying it, but I have to say it. Go Gators. Uh, and you know how much that pains me to say as a Tennessee fan, given the fact that my beloved University of Tennessee volunteers almost never beat the Florida Gators in football. Uh, I think, by the way, that should be a foregone conclusion this year because I think things are falling apart with Billy Napier as we get ready for year three. But we'll have more time to talk about that in the, uh, in the football season next year. Uh, in the meantime, Florida Gators have done something that I think is really important. And for any state attorney general or any red state governor and or their staff that watches this clip. I think every state needs to do the exact same thing. Today, effective immediately, every diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion employee at the University of Florida was fired. They all had to leave. Their jobs ended immediately. The $5 million that was being spent, which is a crazy amount of money, on their salaries will now go back into the general fund and they will be able to hire actual employees to do actual jobs, not corporate diversity, equity, and inclusion zealots. And I would say this in general. I think every diversity, equity, and inclusion employee on the planet should be fired. This is the foundational strength and uh, and, 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 and basically prerogative of identity politics. And this is honestly a huge part of this book. It was a huge part of my last book. I believe that identity politics, combined with cancel culture, which is its kissing cousin, are the two foundational uh, elements destroying America. The idea that based on your race, your gender, or your sexuality, 
in some way you are profoundly different and can never get along with anyone else, I think, is actually incredibly, incredibly toxic to American life. I give credit to Ron DeSantis. I give credit to everyone involved in this decision at the University of Florida. And I want this to happen in every red state with every red attorney general and also in companies. I probably will be founding. In fact, I am. I've got a new company. We're going to be selling coffee. It's going to debut in the next couple of weeks. I'm working on a mortgage company. I'm working on a bunch of different companies that I am going to have control of down the line in a substantial way. I sold out Kick a couple of years ago. I will own and be involved in many companies for the rest of my life. I can pledge to you that any company I own will never have a diversity, equity, and inclusion aspect of that entire business. Um, And I would say if you run a business right now and you're doing that, I think you are misguided. I think it is a failed process, and I think you could better allocate resources and fire everyone involved in that entire universe. I agree with everything the University of Florida is doing here. I think we need more of this, not less, and I give immense credit Go Gators to the University of Florida for making this decision. Uh, all right, we've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of big games that are going on Saturday. Uh, these are just the top twenty-five matchups: Florida at South Carolina, South Carolina Gamecocks, probably the best out of nowhere performance, maybe in all of men's college basketball this year. Nobody expected South Carolina to be any good. Uh, they are sitting at 23-5, and five, squarely in the race to win the SEC. Uh, Florida going on the road at the Gamecocks. Kansas at Baylor. Kansas can't win on the road at all. Uh, I would expect Baylor to get the win in that game. Uh, Marquette at Creighton. Creighton has one of the best home courts of anywhere in college basketball. I would expect Creighton to beat Marquette. Uh, and then in what I think is probably the biggest game uh, of Saturday, Tennessee going on the road at Alabama. My prediction on how the rest of the season goes is I think Alabama and Tennessee are going to end up tied 14-4 and four, uh, in the Southeastern Conference. I think Bama will win tomorrow. Uh, then I think Bama will lose on the road at Florida. I think Tennessee will lose tomorrow. Uh, then win out. I think they'll win at South Carolina, and I think they'll beat Kentucky. And I think Tennessee and Alabama will finish 14-4. and four. Whoever will be the number one seed in the SEC basketball tournament that will be taking place uh, not next week, but the week, uh, not ne- next week, but the week after in Nashville, uh, it will end up being whoever has the best record against the team that ends up in third place. So my prediction here is Tennessee and Bama split the season series. Bama wins their home game. Tennessee wins their home game, uh, and they finish fourteen and four. But if I'm wrong on that, if Tennessee goes on the road and beats Alabama, basically Tennessee guarantees itself one part of the SEC championship. Uh, because I don't think there's any way uh, that Tennessee would lose each of the next two uh, after beating Alabama on the road. So Tennessee basically has a chance tomorrow to win a share of the SEC championship. I think Alabama has the same opportunity. It should be a whale of a game at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to give you some prize picks, picks potentially on Saturday uh, to let you know what I like in some of these big games. I just ran through uh, all of those top 25 matchups. Uh, good piece up at OutKick 
By the way, welcome to Barrett Salee, who is going to be contributing at OutKick. We keep adding more talent. Um, and uh, that is why I think OutKick is growing. February was a fabulous month for us. Uh, we should continue to stack fabulous month after fabulous month together. Uh, but welcome Barrett Salee. A lot of you will recognize him and be familiar with his work. He was at CBS Sports uh, for a long time, big-time college uh, football uh, writer and fan. Uh, good piece from Armando Salguero arguing that Jaden Daniels, former LSU quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, former USC quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner as well, that there may be a battle going on inside of some NFL draft rooms over which quarterback is actually better. Now, this isn't uncommon. Uh, this is actually very commonplace. I really like Jaden Williams. Uh, sorry, Jaden Daniels. And I really like Caleb Williams. If you could combine them, they'd be even better, like I just did. Um, but... I feel like Jaden uh, Daniels is a different caliber of athlete than Caleb Williams is, and he's a little bit bigger. So I can understand, and he's played, frankly, against better competition in the SEC. I can understand why there are some NFL scouts that are putting on his film and saying, this dude is, uh, this dude's for real. Now, I don't think USC has elite talent surrounding Caleb Williams. Certainly their defense was a disaster. Um, but I'm a little bit concerned about, uh, about how Caleb Williams is going to mature into the role. I don't have those same concerns about Jaden Daniels. So I can understand why there's a little bit of a battle here. It'll be interesting to watch. I do think the Bears have made the decision that they're moving on from Justin Fields. And that feels like the right choice. This discussion about whether or not Justin Fields was the answer for the Cowboys has been, uh, for the for the Bears has been going on for years now. I think the answer is he is not. I would be surprised at this point if the Bears aren't going to take Caleb Williams. But based on watching them, I think there is an argument that Jaden Daniels is going to be the better quarterback in this draft. I think there's an argument Drake May is going to be the better quarterback in this draft. Michael Penix. There's some good talent. Bo Nix. Uh, that I think could find itself in the mix to be first-round draft picks. And uh, it's going to be intriguing to watch. I always love uh, this time of year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The CDC, uh, the, uh, the, the beloved Center for Disease Control that has gotten everything wrong on COVID basically for four years, has now come out and said something that any of you who were around in May of 2020 consuming OutKick content would have known that I have been of the opinion of for a very long time. COVID, not very different than the flu, not very different than a cold. I've been saying this for years now. If you are sick, stay home. Isolate yourself. This is what we've been doing as humans for thousands of years. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. But if you feel okay, there's no need to lock yourself in a room for multiple days 
and pretend that you are somehow highly infectious with an incredibly deadly disease, the likes of which we have never seen. The CDC has now come out and said, yeah, basically, it's the flu. Yeah, treat it like any other illness. If you have a fever, stay home, try to stay away from anybody, but otherwise, live your life as you normally would. And I was thinking about this last night because it was uh, a leap day, and I went out, Laura and I did, my wife, we went out with a couple of friends, uh, a couple of friends, couples, so there were six of us, and this was uh, something we said we'd do, we'd go out on uh, a leap day for years to come. This is the idea anyway. Uh, And we were out together four years ago in 2020, right before everything shut down with COVID. And I was thinking about this because basically all of us in the Nashville area didn't really ever shut down for COVID. And I was thinking about this because people lost their minds. You can go back and find it in my Twitter feed if you want to. Uh, We went to a restaurant and ate in the restaurant in Florida. Remember, I moved my family, for those of you who don't know, in the early days of COVID, uh, near the end of April, I said to my wife, kids aren't going back to school for the rest of the year. This is ridiculous. They should be back in school, but they're not going. I said, let's just go down and spend the month of May at the beach. If we're otherwise going to be just kind of hemmed in, we can either stay at our house or we can do something that we may never have the opportunity to do again. Let's just take our kids for a full month. So we went at the end of April and stayed all the way through Memorial Day and spent a full month at the beach in Florida, hanging out, having a great time. And on Cinco de Mayo, uh, obviously May the 5th, we went to a Mexican restaurant and ate indoors and posted the video of us doing that And a bunch of what I called at the time, and still would call them this, Corona Bros, convinced that everybody was going to die of COVID, I remember lost their minds at the fact that I took my family to an indoor restaurant May 5th of 2020 and posted the video. People said, why did you do that? Um, It's because I thought it was important to show people that you had to get on with your life and you had to live a normal life. And so... Posted the video, took my kids, took my wife. We went on May the 5th, 2020, uh, out and uh, and lived our normal life. And looking back, I can't imagine what these Corona Bros think now. Most of them have kind of slunk into obscurity. You'll still see them wearing masks occasionally on airplanes, and uh, they still get angry about the fact that other people don't wear masks. But imagine giving up years of your life and getting, I don't know what the number is, eight or nine COVID shots now, and still getting COVID, and not recognizing that you had the opportunity to have totally lived your life normally. So by, I just told you, by the end of April, we might have done COVID like two weeks, try to stay away from people, maybe. And then basically we went back to 100% normalcy. And I was thinking about that as the CDC COVID guidelines are now, remember when you weren't allowed to say, yeah, it's just the flu? Yeah, it's you know just kind of a respiratory virus, just a cold. Remember when you would get shouted down, everybody on social media would lose their mind, they would actually restrict your ability to share the message that this was just a normal virus? 
and that you kind of just had to move on and live your life as you ordinarily would. And now the CDC, after four years, four years, four years of giving over many of you your life to the fear of COVID, now after four years, the CDC is coming out and saying, yeah, the Clay Travis's of the world were right. You know, just kind of got to get on with your life. I just think it's amazing. They're going to pretend still that it didn't happen and that they weren't wrong and that shutting down schools and shutting down businesses wasn't the biggest failure of American public policy in our lives. But all of us remember, and we still know what they did, and we can never allow it to happen again. Uh, Speaking of never allow it to happen again, data out, Bud Light reportedly lost $1.4 billion with their Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light uh, cans, which, remember, came out right around the NCAA tournament last year. It's crazy to me that they still haven't apologized for this. All they have to do is come out and say, you know what? We let down our core consumer. We understand that most of the people who drink Bud Light are guys who like football and like girls and believe that there's a difference between men and women and that we shouldn't celebrate the trans lifestyle. That's all they have to say. And their business would have come back. Just, we don't have to celebrate the trans lifestyle. We should have never put a trans influencer's face on a Bud Light can and pretended that this dude was actually a woman. We fired everybody responsible for it. We're going to be back to saying we like football and we like girls in bikinis and we like sports and we like men and we like women. Yet they won't say it. I just, I, 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 who are you losing out to here? What huge trans influencers are drinking Bud Light all the time? There would be zero impact of a negative nature if they just said exactly what I said to you. Instead, they've lost billions of dollars and gained nothing in exchange. I just, I don't understand how many woke imbeciles there still are in this country at this point in time. Uh, A couple of other stories, and then I'm headed into the weekend, and I hope you guys have fabulous weekends too. Um, This is a big deal, and I think it deserves far more credit than it's getting. Um, Steve Baker, who is a reporter with Blaze Media down in Dallas, has been arrested and charged with four different offenses relating to January 6th for entering the United States Capitol. Uh, Steve Baker is on video as a reporter covering what was going on inside of the United States Capitol. There are reports that the New York Times even used some of the footage that he uh, recorded of what was going on inside of the Capitol. Other reporters have been able to say, hey, I was there covering it. I shouldn't be charged. New York Times, for instance, has a reporter or multiple reporters that were there, the New Yorker. They walked in with the crowd as part of being journalists covering this. Um, I just want you to think about this. How would the New York Times and the Washington Post have reacted if one of their reporters had been arrested by Donald Trump for covering a political event, let's say the Women's March, and, uh, and then charged with misdemeanors, four of them, 
put in shackles on his legs and handcuffed and perp walked for by the FBI into a Dallas courtroom in preparation for official charges to be filed in Washington, D.C. I would submit to you that, in my opinion, the New York Times and the Washington Post would have called this an outrageous attack upon uh, the free and fair press on the First Amendment itself. Combined with Catherine Herridge, who is being fined $800 a day, CBS News investigative reporter, uh, for her reporting that supposedly has angered the Biden administration, Joe Biden and his administration do everything that they told you Trump would actually do. And so I think it's important to stand on principle here. I don't believe that journalists should be arrested and charged with crimes because they are offending the sitting president of the United States. I think that is wrong, whether the president is Joe Biden or Donald Trump. What I would ask you is, how does the Washington Post write, democracy dies in darkness and not speak out aggressively for Steve Baker at Blaze Media? How does the New York Times claim that they're going to cover all the news that's fit to print and not speak out aggressively in favor of Steve Baker? And I would say the same thing, by the way, about the Washington, uh, about the Wall Street Journal. They're concerned about Russia putting American uh, uh, reporters in prison, as I think they should justifiably be. Why are they not concerned about the Biden administration doing the same? I think that's a very significant and important question that anyone who works in media, politics, uh, or the law should be asking. Finally, Joe Biden went to the border. Donald Trump went to the border. And we can cut and share this. If you look at the way that Joe Biden walks, all you have to do is watch him walk on that trail near the border to see that he does not have the physical or mental capacity to be president of the United States right now. If he doesn't have the physical or mental capacity to be president of the United States right now, he's certainly not going to have it in eight months when we get to actual election day. And he's certainly not going to have it, in theory, for the next four years of his term that wouldn't start until January of 2025. All of this, in my opinion, is further evidence of why they are eventually going to replace Joe Biden. I think they're going to wait until around Memorial Day. And if the polls haven't changed, if Joe Biden is still down to Trump, and I think he is, I think they'll sit down with him. I think he will be around Memorial Day. And they will say, there is not a pathway to you winning this election. If you run, you're going to lose to Trump. You're going to destroy your entire legacy. And I think at some point in the summer, maybe in early June, Biden will announce that he's not going to run, and they will then have an open primary system in August. Maybe he'll announce around July. In August, the Democrat conventions at the uh, Democrat delegates at their convention in Chicago will make a decision about who to support going forward. That's my prediction of what's going to happen because I think the numbers for Joe Biden continue to trend worse. And there is absolutely no reason to believe that he's going to be capable of winning this election. Uh, all right. Uh, I love all of you. Enjoy the games this weekend. I'll give you some more picks uh, from prize picks. Also, some more gambling picks when the lines come out on Saturday. Uh, I appreciate all of you uh, and hope that you have fabulous weekends. I'll be back with you on Monday. Until then, enjoy and have fantastic weekends as we roll into March Madness. DBAP unless you need to SBAP.